welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and you are joining me today for episode number 12, Elements, specifically the element of water. First, I'd like to say to everyone, Happy Yule. This episode is airing on Wednesday, December 21st, which is the first day of Yule and the first day of our winter solstice. There are so many wonderful ways to celebrate Yule, which of course will go all the way through January 1st. But for me, I am decorating a Yule log tonight that I will have on my kitchen table through the end of the year, and then I'll be burning that log in my fireplace on December 31st. After the fire is out on January 1st, I'll grab a little piece, hopefully there's a little piece left, or I'll just have to pull one out, (laughs) and uh, save it so I can start next year's Yule Log Fire with it. Um, I'm also going to be saving the ashes from the special fire on the 31st so I can use them in my garden this coming spring. And for the first time ever, I am going to be making a Yule Log Cake. I know that is very ambitious. Um, I have heard it looks easier than it actually is. (laughs) I've now watched probably, I don't know, 15 videos on how to make one, but I am optimistic. So my family and I will be having this hopefully amazing Yule Log Cake on December 31st as well. Okay, today's episode starts a four-part series about the elements and working with them, and of course incorporating them into our corporate office or desk space. So today's podcast is about the element of water, which is near and dear to my heart as my sun sign is cancer. But before I start, I always like to pull and talk about three things I did over the weekend to help with my witchcraft practice. So first was just being obsessed with the season and how nice and cold it is. I am all about the fall, winter, and spring and really could just skip over the hot summer months. So I celebrate this, you know, cool time of year and all of the magic that goes with it um, every moment I possibly can. I have my Christmas tree up, my lights are on, and my ornaments are hung. Now, normally I turn off my tree lights at night when I go to bed. But on Yule, um, I will be turning them on tonight and won't turn them off again until Yule is done on January 1st. So I'm kind of using that symbolically, like starting a Yule fire on the 21st that would go all the way through the 1st. You would keep it burning. But I will actually be, you know, doing my Yule log fire, um, not until the 31st. So I have all my extra little kindling cut so I can keep my winter fires and hearth magic going all season long. Um, Of course, I did my card pull over the weekend, and I was very happy not to see my normal animal spirits coming forward. As much as I love them, it's nice to get new direction. (laughs) So the two new ones I got were the stag spirit and the crow spirit. Now the stag spirit is telling me that now is the time to take the lead. And the crow spirit, which I can't tell you how much this one speaks to my heart, is telling me to co-create with the spirit. These cards will see me through, of course, this week, and I'll do another card pull this coming weekend. Um, So I had a special visitor this weekend And um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I had those three vultures uh, visit me a while back. And one of them actually came back this weekend. I don't know which one. I can't tell them apart, but it was one of them. 
Um, I do most all of my witchcraft practice over the weekend, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, um, just because it's an easy time where I can really ground myself and and um, spend some special time with it. So it's very symbolic to me when signs appear as I'm actually doing things. So I went outside and I talked to him and I said, thank you for coming back. Um, I know while we may see vultures flying above or even doing their great you know, cleanup job with other animals that have passed on the ground, having one actually come up to us is rare. And I think birds are sacred and bring many signs for us to pay attention to. A vulture can be a sign of spiritual messages, um, a symbol of self-awareness, which I'm diving deeper and deeper into. Um, they can be a sign of opportunity and patience. Possibly that there is danger ahead is, you know, they can come with a warning sign. Uh, vultures are a sign to be committed to your purpose and that you are in the company of loyal friends. Um, also that you need to be vigilant and get rid of negative energy, you know, kind of clean house um, and to be courageous. So I was really honored that he came back and sat on my backyard pole and acknowledged me. I took a quick video. I posted it on Instagram. Um, it's kind of hard to tell how close they are, um, but I was just so happy to see him again. Okay, moon status this week. This is a special week. Our waning moon is wrapping up tonight, and tomorrow begins our new super moon. I briefly talked about this in last week's episode, but we have a bunch of incredible energies this week with Yule, winter solstice, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and a new moon that is also a super moon. So what is a super moon? Well, this is a time when the moon is the closest to the earth. Specifically to be considered a super moon, the moon has to be closer than 230,000 miles from us. So certainly as time is more famous and recognizable when the moon is full, it will literally seem like it's bigger, brighter, and stronger than normal because it is. <laughs> it's physically closer to us. The super new moon this week will be accompanied by a meteor shower, and I believe it's called the Ursids Meteor Shower. And it will be a perfect time to spot Mercury in the night sky. Uh, we talked about Mercury back on episode 10. This is Wednesday's planet, our communication power. And what a great time to see Mercury now, since we can be communicating our goals and intentions with the new moon. Uh, but back to our amazing super new moon. <laughs> uh, new moons, also known as dark moons, uh, in general are a good time to get your game plan going for something new that you want to put into motion. So this is the beginning phase of your intention. And the fact that we have a new calendar year beginning in just a week, oh boy, let's, let's harness all of the potential opportunities for starting something new right now. Uh, next week's episode is all about uh, 2023 goals, and I'll certainly be going over some great tips on what works for me and how I will be incorporating, incorporating uh, them into my office and business. Um, but for this week, grab that amazing energy of Yule, winter solstice, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and our dark new supermoon that starts tomorrow. Okay, let's jump into today's main topic, which is elements, diving in depth into the element of water. <laughs> okay, um, the three main areas of discussion are, what are the elements, specifically water, how to use the element, elemental energy of water, and then bringing the element of water into your office and work. 
So let's start with what the elements are and dive specifically into water. There are four elements and they are fire, water, air, and earth. You will most always see them represented with a pentacle symbol. And I know this has different interpretations. I do think the history of the pentagram or pentacle would be a good podcast topic for some point in 2023, since there is so much history around it. And of course, very many variations with the meaning of it. Um, but for me and this podcast today, I'm going to be referring to the Western version of the pentacle, which is a five pointed star representing the spirit and the four physical elements of fire, water, air, and earth. So what is elemental magic? Well, it really is getting down to the basic balance of everything in nature. In my personal opinion, the elements provide a harmony that we can either flow with or fight against. They each represent an energy in nature and a vibration that connects us all. So back in 430 BC, a Greek philosopher and physician called Empedocles believed that uh, the elements were the root of all that was created. Now, being a physician, he was drawn to the physical science that the elements provided. Hippocrates, who many of us know as the father of medicine, believed in treating his patients with natural remedies. And he took the workings of Empedocles um, to create the four humors of the body, which he called blood, phlegm, <laughs> black bile, and yellow bile. And that each of these four humors were ruled by elements, seasons, organs, and planets. Now, Eastern Indian culture of medicine and, of course, Chinese medicine are also strongly based in the balance of elements. The Greek physicians and philosophers used triangles for their symbols of the elements, and today it is still how the elements are represented. So fire is a single triangle with the point up. Water is a single triangle with the point down. Air is a triangle pointed up with a line across the middle. And earth is a triangle pointed down with a line across the middle. So spring forward to the 20th century. And it was Carl, I know you don't pronounce his name young, um, Jung. And it was Carl Jung in 1921 who took the four humors of Hippocrates and broke them down into personality types. The fire element was intuitive. The water element was feeling. The air element was thinking and the earth element was sensing. So Carl Jung believed that the triangles were to be joined together with a circle to represent the self, harmony, balance, and wholeness, and the circle would link and bring them all together. So side note, if you've ever heard of the Myers-Briggs personality test, it is drawn from these four personality types. Ah, so either way, the five elements, if you're including spirit, represent all that life is sustained from. So the specific element of water, which of course is our main focus for today, um, is going to be your feeling element. And no surprise, water is strongly ruled by the moon. So all of you cancer people out there, here is your element. Actually, water rules uh, three of our zodiac signs, which are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. These water signs can be emotional, um, they can be sensitive, intuitive, and will end up basing a lot of their decision-making process on how the outcome will make them feel 
instead of maybe, you know, logic and reason. So water signs are kind of like a river or a stream that is constantly moving or, you know, the ocean and its waves breaking in and out. Their emotions run deep and they are susceptible to swings. While they are you know, nurturing and compassionate, certainly understanding and enchanting, they can also be self-indulgent and controlling with big swings of their mood. So the water sign is represented by the West and the two planets, Moon and Venus. So that means our two days uh, you know, of the week, excuse me, for the water element are going to be Monday, which is our moon day, and Friday, which is day of Venus, which I'll be having a podcast on in February. Um, our colors uh, for the element of water are going to be blue, teal, purple, indigo, green, silver, and white. Um, there are a bunch of deities associated with water. And honestly, I'm just going to say the ones that I know. Um, we've got Poseidon, uh, Triton, Aphrodite, Frere, uh, Medusa, and Neptune. There really are a bunch more, but I don't know them well, nor do I think I could pronounce half of their, <laughs> their names correctly. So I encourage you to look them up uh, if you're wanting more in-depth information about the water element deities and how to work with them. So for our water element plants, um, good ones will be lettuce, uh, water lily, lotus, burdock, seaweed, algae, spearmint, periwinkle, uh, aloe vera, ferns, watermelon, and belladonna. For animals associated with the element of water, just think of you know your sea life. It's going to be fish, sharks, sea turtles, seagulls, whales, dolphins, um, starfish, crabs, seahorses, otters, uh, seals, walrus, octopus, barracuda even, uh, penguins, and frogs. And there are magical creatures too, which will be your selkie, undine, mermaids, siren, kelpie, sea serpents, and even the Chinese dragon, which I know, I think more of fire with this one, but it is in fact associated with water because the Chinese dragon can take over the magical properties of um, rainfall, floods, typhoons, and water. So the element of water really encompasses um, purification, emotions, dreams and intuition, love, rebirth and renewal, understanding and friendship, uh, harmony, and of course, connection to the dead and our ancestors and the spirit realm. Now, our planet is mostly made up of water, and it really is one of the four major elements that lets us exist. Our bodies must have water to live. In addition to our earth being mainly water, we as humans are made up of mainly water. It's like 45 to 75%, depending on our daily habits. So you'll typically hear the average percent of 60 use for what we are physically made up of. Anyways, so our crystals, stones, and metals for the element of water are going to be the beautiful moonstone, uh, pearls, aquamarine, ocean jasper, selenite, fluorite, uh, lapis lazuli, sodalite, blue topaz, silver, and mercury. Now, if you're looking for some specific tools to use for the water um, element, seashells are good, water fountains, 
Chalice, of course. Cauldrons are good. Blue candles. You can even have them float in water if you want. Um, sea salt. And of course, anything to do, anything to do with moon water is going to be perfect. Now, how can you use the elemental energy of water? So using the water element in your practice, there really is going to be a wide range that we can pull from. Seriously, like from working with and using the huge ocean to working with a tiny little drop of water. <laughs> we can draw on and use the power of water for many different purposes. Um, and just like, you know, the emotions can swing both ways, so can the use. Uh, one of us may use water for our dream work or emotional work, um, while another may use it for purification. And someone else may want to use it totally different and um, use water for destruction. So there are many ways to incorporate the element of water into our practice, but I've pulled a handful to discuss in more detail. Um, these are going to be circle castings, um, connecting to water with meditation, and don't laugh, um, but drink more water. <laughs> um, of course, uh, baths and cleansing rituals, uh, moon water workings, dew and mist workings, rain and storm water rituals, and then magical water properties. So the first one is casting a circle. The elements are typically used when a circle is cast. And this means you are creating or you know, casting a protective circle around you and your ritual space. This protective circle will help keep out unwanted energies and keep in our magic and workings. Um, do you need to cast a circle every time you do something? Me? That's up to your personal practice. But casting a circle means you're grounding yourself and relaxing your body before the workings begin and then creating a safe space to do your magic. You can call on the elements and ask for their help. Start with the east and air for your breath and words. Then move to the uh, south and fire for your passion. You move to the west then and water for your feelings. And then move to the north um, for earth and your energy. So visualize a circle of light all around you and the power of the elements, you know, keeping you safe. Once you feel safe, you can continue on with your workings. So another way to cast a circle is to physically add things around you in the direction they represent. So you'll want four candles for this and you'll place them in each of their corresponding directions. Um, a brown or black candle is going to be good for earth in your north. A yellow or purple candle is going to be good for your air in your east. A red or orange candle is for your fire in your south. And then a blue or silver candle is going to be good for your water on the west. Uh, you'll want four crystals as well that represent each of the four elements. And you'll place them next to the candles. And then you will walk around your circle and create or close it. Or of course you could use you know, like a wand or a ritual knife to draw the circle around you. Um, just be careful. You'll want everything you'll need for the ritual or work already in the circle before you close it. <laughs> so once you close it, you don't want to break it until you are done and you release the circle. So second one is connecting to water with meditation. So this is a great practice to help, you know, create calmness and clarity and purity. There are two ways to do it with your meditation, you know, physically, where you actually physically use water, um, and then visually, where you will be more thinking about water. To 
actually use water in your meditation practices. You can, of course, perform your routine by a body of water. Um, each one will be a little different, still, you know, rippled, moving, rushing, waving, uh, etc. Th those are all going to elicit something a little different with the outcome. Um, if you're using your thoughts in meditation to work with the element of water, you'll want to, you know, imagine that you are either yourself like water, pure and clean, and that you're either still or moving based off of what, you know, what outcome you want, or that you actually hear the sounds of water, you know, trickling or running like a river to bring calmness and tranquility to your meditation. Okay, third is to drink more water. Ugh. This may not sound very magical, but in obtaining harmony with our own bodies, each of the elements needs to be represented. And water is just something we can't live without. There are so many ways to incorporate water into your daily routine. And I know I gave a big ugh and sigh because in full disclosure, this is by far my worst subject. And I struggle with this very thing. And what's that saying? Bit of the kettle calling the pot black. Anyways, I, I swear it's part of my annual goal list for each upcoming year. And each year I say again, oh, I'll try harder and drink more water next year. So I am printing out this section of my podcast notes and I am putting them up on my mirror so I look at them every day. <laughs> so here they are. And if you are not a great uh, water drinker, try these tips. First one is to add flavor. So if I squeeze a lemon and add the juice into my water, you know, no sugar, just like the raw lemon juice, I am able to drink so much more of it. And my liver is super happy with me. But even if I add something like you know, like Crystal Light or some type of flavor, it helps. And I do drink more. Um, second, try a glass of water before you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right there, you'll get 24 ounces of water in just by doing that. If you are a wine or alcohol drinker like me, um, try the one for one rule. For every glass of wine I drink, I need to drink a glass of water. So also switch your um, soda or pop for sparkling water. Now, I'm not personally a big soda or pop drinker, but I am obsessed with sparkling water. I think everything about it is happy, much for the same reason I love champagne. <laughs> I love how the bubbles dance in my mouth and they make me smile. But sparkling water can help you transition away from the horrible sugary soda drinks um, since it will have you know the same carbonation and bubbles in it. Um, also, you can eat foods high in water. And these are going to be your fruits like grapefruit, oranges, watermelon, and your veggies like cucumber, uh, zucchini, and lettuce. And I know it's not super popular, especially if you already have trouble making it through the night without having to use the bathroom. But if you can, drink a bunch of water before you go to bed. It's a great natural alarm clock too. Really an instant motivator to get you out of bed in the morning if you have any type of urgency to go. Uh, okay, back to um, some of our steps. Fourth is going to be water to cleanse and incorporating it in your bath or shower rituals. So really for this one, you'll want to visualize the water washing away your stress and anxiety or um, taking away what you're banishing or removing from your life. Feel the power of the water on your skin and how it can heal, how it can soothe and how it can comfort you. So bath rituals are amazing, and there are so many different types you can draw uh, for yourself. You know, certainly for self-care steps and routines, taking a bath is both cleansing to your mind and your body. Um, setting your intentions into the water, 
uh, to your shower or your bath will help restore and reset you. Of course, you can add herbs. Um, eucalyptus, eucalyptus excuse me, is great in the showers. Um, flowers you can add, oils, sea salts, all will help uh, to make your element of water workings um, with your bath and shower even more magical. All right, so fifth is using moon water. And this one talks to my core. Um, I love using moon water in my practice. I mentioned moon water on my Monday Moon Day podcast, but specifically with elemental water, moon water is going to give you that punch. It's going to give you that energy and push since water is deeply connected to the moon and affected by it. So in general, you'll want a clean jar, um, not only physically clean, but one you have cleansed. Um, I love using, oops, excuse me. I love using decanters for my moon water. Uh, of course, decanters are meant you know, mainly for wine to open up the wine. Um, and I do have a good number of decanters, but my mom has a whole collection of antique ones that I have sworn my allegiance to and have begged to have later. <laughs> so grab a glass container, clean it, cleanse it, and then fill it with filtered mineral or distilled water. Uh, place a container in the moonlight. You can physically put it outside under the moonlight or on a windowsill inside your home. You'll need to get your moon water before dawn. This is important. Um, and the types of moon water are going to correspond directly to what type of moon you are working with. So new moon, we talked about earlier. It's about new beginnings, intentions, and fresh starts. A waxing moon is about growth, learning, and healing. Full moons are for releasing, uh, protection, and cleansing. And then waning moons are good for letting go of things, banishing, and rest. So sixth is using magical dew in the morning mist in your workings. So dew is said to have healing properties, and mist is known to be somewhat of a veil that is used by spirits of the other worlds to hide themselves. So Celtics believe the fae, fairies, and other spirits would arrive when the mist would come. But just like the ebb and flow of water, as much as the mist represented them coming in, the mist could represent you going out and could take you away to the water just as easily. So in most stories and folklore, though, a mist would act like a portal or a gateway between realms. So hedge witches are known to use this connection for their astral travel. Uh, let's see, seventh is rain and stormwater workings. Both rain and stormwater um, are powerful tools. Even better if you can grab some rain or stormwater on a full or new moon. I can say that from personal experience, it is the strongest workings I have done thus far. So rain is associated with healing, life, uh, fertility, and abundance and can be used in many different magical forms. Uh, let's see, eighth, there are a lot of uses for water, so I wanted to quickly list them with little notes. Uh, the first four I touched on already, those are rainstorm, dew, and moon water. Um, rainwater, of course, is growth, cleansing, rebirth, and can be used in scrying, um, can be used as altar water, and in ritual baths. Uh, storm water is going to be your self-esteem, courage, uh, vitality, and mental strength, and can be used in protection spells. Dew, of course, is healing, beauty, love, and fertility. You can also use it with the fae and cleansing rituals. And then moon water, 
my favorite, is good for charging, cleansing, and can be used for power spells, healing, curses and hexes, and bath rituals. So I didn't mention yet um, snow, sun, river, sea, spring, lake, well, or swamp water. And I wanted to at least go over the basics with them, even if it's real quick. So snow water is going to be good for balance, peace, uh, transformation, and can be used for blessing the end of something. So sun water is good for healing, happiness, creativity, uh, clairvoyance, and protection. Now, river water is great for breaking through something, moving forward, energy, power, and charging. Uh, Seawater is for your emotional balance, banishing and cleansing, and can be used for healing rituals. Spring water is good potion water. And this is like, you know, obviously a natural spring, not the season. Um, It's good for growth, abundance, and beauty. Lake water is going to represent joy, contentment, peace, uh, self-reflection, and self-discovery. Now, well water, that's got a bunch of history to it. And I won't go into it now, but there's a lot we can talk about with well water. In general, though, well water is going to be good for manifestation, connecting to other worlds, wishes, healing, and intuition. And last is swamp water. This is going to be good for binding, uh, banishing. It's good for your hexes, your curses, and really any magic that involves revenge. Okay, as always, my whole point to talking about my witchy work wishes is to find out how I can bridge my practice into my office and work. And you may think there is no way (laughs) to bring in the element of water into the corporate world, but there is. Okay, first, I hate to go back to the very thing I need to work on, but first is to drink more water at work. Now, don't forget, this does not have to be plain water. You can drink sparkling water, flavored water, uh, make amazing tea. And of course, there are so many magical things you can do with tea. Um, You can bring your moon water into work and use that for your afternoon tea making or your water drinking rituals too. Second is to use water, even better if it's moon water, for your office herbal sprays. Um, We talked about essential oils a couple weeks ago and incorporating water and essential oil is going to be a great way to work with the element. And honestly, it's a pretty easy, non-conspicuous way to bring your practice into work too. So um, third, you can collect a few drops of dew for an office spell. Since dew work is good for um, the fae, Uh, leprechauns are known for money and wealth, and that may be a good connection or combination for your workings at the office. Um, and since dew drops are so small, you can hold the dew drops in, you know, a little glass vial that you can actually have in your desk drawer. So another good way to use the element of uh, water at work would be to wear the colors of water in your clothing and of course the stones and crystals in your jewelry. So you can always pack your office lunches full of water-based foods too. You know, the afternoon salad is going to be great for the work week and would bring in this element. If you have or, you know, can't have uh, plants at your desk and you want to incorporate the water element with them, bring in a small aloe vera plant or even a little fern to have uh, right there next to your computer. And lastly, my favorite way to incorporate the element of water into the office and work providing you have the space, 
would be a little table water fountain. These are so tranquil and not only beautiful to look at, but will bring in these sounds and element of water running. So let's review. Let's go back and take what we've talked about so far and kind of recap it. Um, we've got, uh, first we've got the element of water and that it represents the direction of west. Two, our zodiac signs for water are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Three, our two planets are the Moon and Venus. Four, magical tools for water work are cauldron, chalice, um, bowl, and a scrying mirror. Deities to work with are Poseidon, Triton, Aphrodite, Freyre, Medusa, and Neptune, but there are a bunch more you can work with. Uh, plants will be lettuce, lotus, uh, water lily, spearmint, watermelon, aloe vera, ferns, seaweed, algae, burdock, and periwinkle. Seven uh, things you can do using the element of water are ritual baths, uh, magical waters, uh, of course, like my favorite, moon water, <laughs> but you've got sun water, storm water, um, rose water. When you're done with a spell, you can send it off in water, of course, sending the you know uh, spell remnants away. You can work with sea gods and goddesses. Um, you can make and brew loose leaf teas. Uh, making herbal sprays is amazing. And you can do water scrying. Um, or use water as offering on your altar. Uh, ways to work with water in your witchcraft practice are going to be circle casting, connecting to water with meditation. Again, don't laugh, but drink more water. Um, bath and cleansing rituals, moon water workings, dew and mist workings, rain and storm water rituals, and then using magical water properties such as water from a lake, river, sea, well, and, uh, and so on. And then lastly, nine um, ways to bring the element of water into your work um, and office are going to be make some drinking water and tea drinks at the office. Use moon water for your herbal sprays. Of course, you can use moon water in your tea and water drinking too. You can collect and use dew drops for your office spell work. Um, where the colors and jewelry that are associated and represented by water. And lastly, adding a small desktop water fountain to your space to enjoy the sounds of running water while you work. All right, as always, I have a poem for you, but this time it's not by me. So I, try, I tried finding some writings um, from Epedicles, um, who I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, but so much of his writings were lost. Um, over time, historians have been able to piece together parts of it, but I just couldn't get enough to help wrap up this uh, this podcast. So I did the next best thing, <laughs> and I pulled the most famous poem about water called Sea Fever, written by John Maysfield, um, which was first published in 1902 in the Salt Water Ballads. He writes, I must go down to the seas again to the lonely sea and the sky. And all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. And the wheels kick and the wind song and the white sails shaking and a gray mist on the sea's face and a gray dawn breaking. I must go down to the seas again for the call of the running tide 
is a wild call and a clear call that may not be denied. And all I ask is a windy day and the white clouds flying and the flung spray and the blown spoon and the seagulls crying. I must go down to the seas again, to the vagrant gypsy life, to the gull's way and the whale's way where the wind's like a wetted knife. And all I ask is a merry yarn from a laughing fellow rover and a quiet sleep and a sweet dream when the long trick's over. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode on the element of water. Uh, Next week's podcast is going to be the last one for 2022 as we are wrapping up the final days of December. I'll be talking about 2023 goals and how we can best incorporate them for our greatest good, both at home at and at the office. That is all I have for you this week. As always, if you have something you would like me to research more and possibly do a podcast on, please zip me an email at info at witchyworkwishes.com. I promise to email back just as quick as I can. And you can always shoot me a message on Instagram. Have a great week, and I will talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.